Thanks to the pandemic, Belfield had to close its doors in March last year, and apart from a fairly short period last autumn, it has remained so ever since, until now. However, the team has tried its best to engender a community spirit, especially over the period leading up to Christmas, as Action Porty's secretary, Ian Cook, reminded us. Action Porty has still managed to ensure that some community activity has taken place during the course of the last year. In December, Kirsta coordinated the Belfield Christmas tree, and Jennifer secured funding and organised a very successful Window Wonderland project across Portobello. Jennifer also organised an Absent Friends event on the beach, which despite challenging and horrendous weather, was well appreciated by the participants and another success. Most of you who pass Belfield on a regular basis will have noticed our volunteer gardening group, who, led by Jenny, are developing a permaculture garden. And other gardening volunteers have helped tidy and maintain the gardens around Belfield at various points during the course of the year. With the building closed, a lot of refurbishment work has been carried out. The floors of the halls have been sanded and repolished, new improved toilets and better insulation installed, and much better use of last year's big investment, solar panels on the roof. We reported on the installation of our solar panels at the last AGM. During the last 15 months, they have begun to generate electricity and, importantly for us, a new income stream for Belfield. We raised almost 14,000 from a couple of grants to install a two-battery energy storage system, which both maximises the benefit from our solar panels and also helps us reduce emissions. We also plan to use the batteries to recharge e-cargo brakes and have a project to house this facility at the rear of the large hall. We do have all the funding in place for this project, but at the moment it's come to a temporary halt as we negotiate the necessary consents with the council. Belfield has now opened its doors, quite cautiously, but a lot of work was needed before this was possible. To do this, it's required quite a bit of additional work, so we've had to carry out a risk assessment for Belfield. We've carried out various checks, including Legionella test, pack testing of equipment, etc. We've purchased fogging equipment and new cleaning materials. We've introduced an enhanced cleaning regime and probably the most time-consuming thing of all is we require to do a risk assessment for almost every booking. So for an individual booking or for a returning group, there's a discussion and a risk assessment carried out. So as you can imagine, a lot of additional work involved at the moment, especially for Morag, Kirsta and Jennifer, who deal with the bookings. But hopefully we can continue to reopen Belfield in an uninterrupted way over the coming months. Some of this work was only possible because of grant aid, in particular from two sources, as Treasurer Jennifer Elliott explained. The one for Communities Recovery and Resilience Scotland have been really important for us being able to reopen. So two funds between them have given us 30k, which gives us a cushion to be able to hire a new member of staff to take the gamble that we know it's going to cost more than we'll bring in for the next, well, the budget we've set for the next 12 months, we tend to spend more than we bring in. But that money there is to allow businesses to recover, to reopen and and come through the the changes they have to make in the face of the coronavirus pandemic. She's had her work cut out over the last year. So at last year's AGM, She'd been able to report a steady and growing income, which more than covered expenditure. The organisation had a healthy bank balance and then Covid struck and all of her projections went out the window. It's meant some very serious belt tightening. So our income nosedived at the end of last year and certainly into the, the new financial year. So thank goodness for furlough. 
thank goodness to the rent that the rowers pay us. There were times when that was our only income each month. And FIT is the feed-in tariff, and that's the money from the solar panels. So in the year 2020 to 2021, we had £600 of income from our solar panels. Our costs were tightly contained. We had to close everything down, at least if you're not open, you've got to pull down your costs as much as you can. And while we tended to operate about 2,500 a month, we, we got it down to about 500, which is things like your internet and your insurance that you still have to pay, the zero subscription, IT subscriptions, they tend to stay. So we were tending to spend that 500, which is where I was quite comfortable that we could set this out for a time. And actually, we have been able to cover 18 months, but six months was easy, 18 months was going to be harder. Until now, Action Porty's role has been focused on Belfield. However, questions are being asked about whether the organisation could adopt a wider role, a community role, one which included the town hall and the wash house, for instance, one which gave the community a voice, as Chairman Justin Kenrick outlined. Does Portobello need a, a body playing a wider coordinating role? And we have been consulting with the wash house, with the folks in Port Central, with many, many others who are all very clear that Portobello does need a, a wider coordinating body. Should Action Porty play that role? And we don't know. We're willing to play that role. People have been keen on us playing that role. But we're very, very keen on hearing not just from existing organisations or existing venues, but also hearing from people more broadly. And Ian secured some funding for us to be able to run a consultation, Porty 2025, which we're doing along with folk from the Wash House, folk from Porty Central, other folks. And we're, we're we're looking at conducting a summer of consultations that is far broader than just about Belfield or Action Porty, but just starts from the question of what does Portobello need? What's the future look like? What are the opportunities? What are the threats? You might think this was the role of the community council, but he thinks it would be different and complementary. That's a really fundamental aspect of becoming a development trust is to be inclusive, to be sure that those who would normally get missed out aren't being missed out and to be sure that we're addressing the real needs rather than just the ones that seem important to any few of us. So we do believe that Portobello needs a, a coordination body. And we are happy to play that, but we really want that to be an organic process because it may well be that it's not Action Porty, that it's something else that is a kind of coordinated body that comes together from the town hall, from the wash house, from other organisations and bodies. So we're very willing to play that role if that's what's required. We're also very, very happy to be just part of helping to midwife that and bring that kind of body into being. And he believes it vital to have a strong voice, especially with plans for yet another major housing development, this time stretching the length of Seafield Road, where the so-called Metal Mile now stands. The community councils will definitely be asked to consult the people of Portobello and Craig and Tinney, but a development trust wouldn't be shackled by any legal limitations in expressing its point of view. The idea of extending the boundary of action portage to that is really so that we can have a say in what happens there. The reason for doing this as Action Porty rather than simply as Portobello Community Council or Craig and Tinney Community Council is because as Action Porty or as a kind of as a body that's not within the kind of hierarchy of official government processes, which community councils are the lowest rung of, as it were, we can be a lot more outspoken. So what we want to do, and we did that, I guess, with in terms of the town hall, in that we were quite outspoken in terms of what we saw happening at the community council, in terms of the, the other bid not even turning up and so on. We could be quite clear about what we're seeing happening in a way that the community council may need its job really is to consult and only say things when it's really consulted clearly on any particular issue. We can more take the temperature from our experience of what's been happening already in Portobello and have a sense of what people are wanting and how people will respond. So... The idea of us extending our boundaries to be able to provide support to those who are doing the negotiations. So what does all this mean? 
Well, it means that Belfield has come through the pandemic in better condition, physically and financially, than anyone could probably have predicted. It means that groups are now able to use the space, though in a more restricted way than ever before. And it means that Porty residents will be asked by Action Porty to fill out more surveys, to give our opinion on matters of real concern about the community we all want to have here, between now and the end of the year.